You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Well, greetings, everyone. This is Doug Thorpe, and you're listening to another episode of Leadership Powered by Common Sense. We're the show where we try to take things that business leaders and thought leaders of the day may need to be struggling with, and we try to break them down into good common sense bite-sized nuggets that uh, you can use. And today, I'm very excited. My guest is an expert in the world of AI. He has a number of patents on his technology. He's been recognized by a a number of uh, pretty big names that you'll recognize if we talk about them. And uh, without further ado, I want to introduce you to Manoj Agarwal. And Manoj, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. So I, 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 we're going to get into your background. I've got a little bit of a tradition here on the show about doing background, but I really want to hit a, a critical fundamental question right off the top. And that is, and I know a lot of business people struggle with it and, and uh, are, are, it's top of mind today. What the hell is AI and what should I be doing with it in my business? Sure, sure. Uh, that's a great question to start with. Uh, uh, so let's uh, just try to simplify AI. Basically, it is replicating our mind and speeding it up uh, thousands of times. Um, what do I mean by that? See, humans are basically, our mind is basically a pattern recognition machine. Okay. So uh, ever since we are born, we start to observe the environment around us and we start to learn the patterns. So let's say a five-year-old kid touches a hot stove. That kid only needs to touch the hot stove once and his mind will learn that, okay, you know, this is not a good idea. Don't do it next time, right? Uh, That is, uh, we call it intelligence. Um, Now we put that uh, kid in the middle of Antarctica. It's really cold. It's snowing um, and wind wind is blowing. The, The kid is wearing heat resistant gloves. And now that in that environment, the kid touches the hot stove, it will actually feel pleasant, not uh, hot. And even at five years old, uh, his mind will learn, you know, there are multiple variables in this situation. So if the environment is right, it may be okay to touch the hot stove. Now his intelligence has gathered more data, more variables, and he's becoming more intelligent now, right? Now, even the most intelligent people can uh, can learn patterns where there are 10, you know, maybe nine to 10 variables involved. And we can, through experience, we can learn, okay, what is happening in this situation? But if there are complex problems like find, uh, find cure for cancer, uh, find a solution for climate change, uh, predict the weather for the next 14 days, These problems have millions and millions of parameters involved, right? So our human mind is not capable of learning, okay, you know, what what is happening? We get confused. But machines are capable of ingesting billions and billions of parameters and learning and finding very minute patterns in that data. So now you can uh, hopefully imagine, it's basically just like the car helps us move faster The crane helps us lift heavier weights. AI helps us think faster and more accurately. 
by by learning all this data. Make sense? It, it does, and and thank you for that picture of it. It it really does help, and I think the whole key there is this concept of pattern recognition for the outcome we might be searching for. And you know, in the in the business world, I think a lot of the the basics in terms of running a successful business. Um, it, it, it doesn't matter what industry you're in because that drives your product or your service, but the fundamentals of the business and, and there's a lot being published and spoken of why business leaders need to be learning about AI and considering the value of AI. And like I said, I know that's a, that's also a very complex question. And, and quite honestly, for most of us human beings, it's a new level of learning we've got to figure out so that we know how it applies or whether or not it applies to what we are wanting to do. Well, actually, the, the key here is, so I didn't uh, get, uh, I didn't answer the second part of the question. So let's get it to get to that, right? Uh, see, um, uh, AI is applicable to everyone. AI is almost as, uh, uh, as important as electricity or fire, okay? So if you can imagine your life or business without electricity, then you can imagine your life without AI. Now, the other thing is a lot of people have this misconception that AI is coming, I have to learn it and I have to use it, but they don't realize we have been using it for almost a decade now. We are all surrounded with AI. This recording we are recording right now uh, the video and audio is being optimized by AI in the background, and that is why we are able to talk to each other in high def and clear sound and whatnot. Uh, if you take out your mobile phone, every little thing on that device is controlled by AI. The news you read today, you know, everything uh, is is generated, optimized by AI. I can go on and on and on, but that that is the situation. Now, what happened was all these things that I mentioned. These are run by giant corporations, big businesses. They, they have understood the value of AI uh, before anybody, uh, uh, you know, regular folks did. So the, what was the result? The result was Tesla became the largest company, uh, uh, bigger than Ford, Chrysler, and GM combined, yes, in 10 to 15 years. And these car, other car, car companies have been around for more than 100 years, right? Uh, Amazon became the biggest retailer in less than 20 years, beating out Walmart. Walmart was like untouchable, like, you know, uh, because AI helps you move faster uh, and, and better. Now, in 2022, uh, ChatGPT was released, and now everyday person can touch and feel and play around with AI. And that is the reason why it blew up, because... Now you didn't have any barrier of capital, of technical expertise, of, of you know, knowledge, but anybody can use AI now. So what can we do with AI? What should business owners be thinking about it? See, businesses um, obviously run um, based on the quality of people you have, right? So uh, a CEO or a solopreneur um, uh, generally can do so much, but when they hire a team around them, they can multiply their business. Now imagine as a business owner, you come across an, a team member or an employee or a contractor, they have a PhD in sales, 
they have a phd in marketing they have a phd in operations phd in human psychology phd in history all these topics they don't they don't take a break they never go sick they are always available 24/7 to answer your questions how will that transform your business right It'd be pretty impressive right exactly impressive. exactly exactly and not only that let's say you have a team of 10 employees you hire one of these for yourself and you hire one of these employees for each of your human employees now imagine the impact so that's what we are talking about so what can we do what what can we do with uh, ai you know i'm writing we are writing uh, legal contracts with ai we are uh, creating uh, writing code uh, source code with ai we are writing emails with ai we are asking ai hey um, we want to target uh, this particular market segment we want to offer our services what should be our offer what are their pain points um, before ai uh, this uh, chat gpt and generative ai came onto the scene all these activities would have taken years and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars right now we can do it in half an hour uh, for absolutely free so where are we going in the future ai is going to this is not my words this is the words these are the words from the ceo of ibm ai is going to add about 10 trillion dollars that's tr trillion with a t to the world economy by 2030 so that's just 7 years now what is 10 trillion dollars because it's it's a big number it's more than 10% of the current world trade so everything that the world produces today it's more than 10% of that right so um and then uh, if if you if you put all this together within the next 7 years we will start to see companies going public with one employee meaning one ceo and everything else is done by AI. <laughs> well, hard hard to imagine. Well, uh, so I guess that does raise the question from a workforce perspective. You know, the the naysayers are clamoring and and asking for regulation because they're afraid AI will eliminate human jobs. Okay, so let's talk about that because this is a uh, the biggest fear uh, and question I also get. First, let's. understand what is the definition of work because a lot of people are confused about you know what a job means okay so if we go back about uh, maybe even 100 years a job used to mean uh, working 7 days a week in the fields for 99.9% of the population just to put bread on the table that's what human existence used to be just collecting food to survive right and then industrialization happened and then we got a weekend and and so on and so forth then uh, so basically the the definition of job became okay you go to a place 40 hours a, uh, a week and then you do whatever you are told to do and you get money for it now in 2020 the whole world experienced a brand new phenomena which is the definition of work became you stay at home don't do anything i'll pay you right so the you have to be flexible enough to understand okay the definition of work itself is not set in stone so moving forward what will happen is i i i said that the opportunities are that even a single person can start a company why why do we not look at the positive side of things where 
a lot uh, statistics are that about 75% of the employees globally are disengaged in their jobs right they 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 they're not they're not happy doing what they are doing now i just said that ai is going to open up possibilities where you can launch public companies you know with one employee which means you should see the opportunities that are opening up how many of those employees can now start their own business and 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 fulfill their dreams that they have been postponing for decades that's the opportunity second as automation takes over yes jobs will be displaced but not by machines but by people who understand ai right so i'll give you another example of this because uh you know our our uh, our sort of uh, uh, as good as we are in recognizing patterns we also forget a lot of patterns so in 1993 is when i experienced my first time accessing the internet okay 1993 and i get uh, got into the job market around 1998 within 5 years if i did not have an email address in 1998 i could not even apply for a entry level job so i cannot blame oh the internet took away my job i have to adopt the the you know the the way that the world is going i have to set up my email address i have to create a resume i have to send my resume through email and that's how i got a job now if you refuse to use ai and the other person is becoming 10 times more productive of course you are not going to be as competitive but if you continue to stay up to date you know it'll be fine and the last point i will mention is as automation and ai takes over it's not like we will not have anything to do in fact i believe more creative things will become the realm of humans meaning poetry music uh, painting these things have happened in history as well because in the 15th century there was a huge renaissance period for hundreds of years where painters poets musicians they were at the top of the society they were the ministers in in the in the courts and all of that so that's the kind of uh, change that we are going to be seeing moving forward i hope that makes sense and i hope people listen to this because if they keep giving into the fear you know they are not going to be able to take advantage of this 10 trillion dollar opportunity I guess I'm going to round all that, and I follow what you're saying. I'm I'm not trying to dispel it, but I there is a voice in the back of my head. I've got a colleague friend that is a very accomplished CEO. He's he's worked in the venture capital realm for decades, and he's been one of those turnaround guys that the VCs always look for. But his focus has been on the very I'll call it heavy industry, manufacturing, mining you know really tangible if if um if you don't make it or mine it you know you're not you're not providing good to society as far as he's concerned and in fact he used to challenge me as an old banker you know he, he said when we'd get to talking about my banking experience he said you didn't have a job banks don't do anything banks don't provide any service whatsoever i said oh yeah what about the money movement and he said we can do that ourselves. We don't need a bank to do that, you know? So we have this friendly spirited debate, mm-hmm. but the point being, you know, the, the question that comes to mind is this idea when, when anything is technology based, there's a clamor to 
challengers by some anyway. What's going to happen to the the farming, the mining, the manufacturing, the, the essentials that have always supported our economies? You know, in other words, how many retailers or how many thought leaders do we need on the Internet to to sustain a either a national or even a global economy at some point? Somebody's got to build buildings. They have to produce the energy we all need in whatever form you choose. There's there's an element there that seems like it's getting abandoned in, in some of this rush to AI. Okay. See, what I do, what I do is I think about these things and I look at a very, very long-term uh, pattern of human evolution. Okay. So I will say this. Human species is one of the, obviously we are the smartest species on the planet, but we are also the laziest species on the planet. Ever since the caveman uh, walked out uh, for hunting and gathering, he said to himself, you know what, like I've been hunting for food every day. What if I kill a large animal and I store it in my cave? I will not have to hunt for 15 days. And then he figured out, okay, how do I roll down a huge boulder down the hill and kill an elephant and, you know, eat for 15 days. And that's where the technology, this, this quest for technology started. That's true entrepreneurship, right? So every little thing after that has been in the pursuit of comfort and laziness, everything, right? Can't argue so, with that. Yeah. Yes. So AI is no different because the final realm of human uh, effort is thinking. Today, we pay the big bucks to people who can think of solutions. Right? The, uh, the, the uh, physical labor is no longer uh, the most valuable thing. Uh, fighting in the, in the field or in wars is no longer the valuable thing. Uh, it's, it's the thinking. So now... Uh, we are even trying to get rid of that because now we have invented these technologies which have an IQ of a thousand. So th that's just the natural evolution that humans have uh, adopted to make progress. And here we are. Now, uh, what will happen is human, human's realm is creativity, imagination. You know, we, we can imagine things that machines cannot. So that creativity plus the thinking power of the machines is what is going to power uh, our next phase of evolution, if that makes sense. I've read some articles that do talk about all the technologists and scientists that are working on enhancing and improving AI are saying there, there is that element of the, the human creativity. And there's another word and it's escaping me now. Um, I don't know if it's perception or, or anyway, they're, they're, it's a very human ability that they can't come anywhere close to making the machines do. <laughs> Despite all of the, you mentioned the, the millions and billions of data points that can be processed by the machine and the machine learning, there are still some elements of thought that cannot be replicated by a machine. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's, 
for some, you could call that our our line of defense against the machine, you know. Exactly. There's this whole mystified, and a, a lot of fiction's been developed about yeah. the man versus machine in the future and yeah. when the robots are going to take over and all of those kinds of thinking uh, or those storylines anyway. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, see, uh, this is again, uh, you know, um, one of the advantages that I have is that um, I meditate a lot and I, I, I dive into uh, some metaphysical realms to understand human consciousness. So the idea here is that um, people automatically start believing that as humans, if we get into a powerful situation, let's say if I get a lot of you know, power or I'm, I'm sitting at the top of uh, an organization, my first order of business is to eliminate others or suppress others. That's how humans think. And we project that fear onto some, something like AI and saying that, oh, if AI becomes so smart, it will not need us. And that's our fear, our own fear talking. But the fact is that um, the way that we are evolving, uh, if we don't, um, uh, AI is a natural progression, as I explained earlier. And the idea will be a, a, a collaboration, a fusion of human mind and artificial intelligence rather than a competition. Business is all about solving complex problems as fast as you can create them. Become the best problem solver by leading others to greatness too. And the first step is going to DougThorpe.com. Doug Thorpe is known globally for coaching entrepreneurs and business leaders, improving their performance and the work output of everyone surrounding them. You can find health, wealth, and happiness by learning to lead others to health, wealth, and happiness. Go to DougThorpe.com now and order Doug's books or hire him to coach your managers. That's Doug, T-H-O-R-P-E.com. Well, I, I, I know that the you know world political landscape is so incredibly volatile now, and it, it speaks to exactly what you just said. People get on one side or the other, and they conjure up the fear of what the other side is going to do, and, and that's the competition of, and, and once one gets in power, they want to demolish the other, and uh, boy, do we see that in headline news every day now. And um, it, it is sad because rather than collaborating and cooperating for the greater good, we have this very unhealthy competition. And, you know, some have written about the power of AI to persuade the masses to go one way or the other on that political debate. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what's been your experience in that front? This is this has been happening um so so let's uh, uh, look at that aspect of how to persuade people right propaganda is the uh, foundation of all uh, human movements starting from you know the roman empire even previously like everything is based on propaganda because propaganda is what will uh, get you the buy in uh, to, towards what you're trying to say or uh, accomplish. And then people join your cause and then you, you know, run that movement. So, you know, uh, all the monarchies in the world, they have been based in close partnership with propaganda, with newspapers, with books and whatnot, right? So, but the only difference now is that propaganda can be published and distributed as a, at a much higher pace. So it's no different than newspapers, radio, television. That has been a part of our life. But now with AI, 
you can distribute the content very quickly. So we have seen that in past all the elections since 2008, um, every election starting from presidential election down to local, uh, they leverage the power of AI. Uh, at the same time, if everybody doesn't understand AI and they don't use it, then they will be susceptible to that propaganda's, um, you know, whatever the objective is. So the idea is that now uh, uh, the big advantage is that regular folks can understand how AI works and how content is being distributed. They have the power to choose what content they want to see. And these AI algorithms are designed to feed you the kind of stuff you want to see. So in a newspaper, you cannot say, okay, I don't like this article, you know, don't send this to me. But with AI, or let's say you're browsing something online, you can just say, okay, I don't like this. Send me something more positive. So when you mention, I read the news and there's a lot of negative news, you have control over what you see. So, so in a way, it is actually going in the right direction. It is actually giving the tools to the public to choose what they want to see and reduce the impact of propaganda. But that being said, it is very powerful. It is being used today. It has shifted many, many, many people's minds. And that's why we had a political upset at the highest level in US, in UK when Brexit happened. None of these things were um, expected, but they happened because people know how to use AI effectively to change people's minds. Well, and, and I think that borders on the idea of this thing that we know is confirmation bias. We, we gravitate to the things that support what we're already thinking. And at least from my journey, the, the, the intellects would argue that if you're not hearing objectively both sides, you cannot make an informed decision. And so the idea that we we can accelerate confirmation bias, it's only going to polarize things to a greater degree. Yeah. Well, see, okay, so let's step back here again. So um, we have seen that AI has become part of our life and, you know, it has been affecting our mindset for the past, say, 20 years let's say, right? Social media came onto scene in 2005. And if you can imagine, uh, you know, we are basically working with the first generation of these AI algorithms. And who, who created these AI algorithms? These AI algorithms were created by introvert engineers, um, specifically belonging to a certain uh, upper middle class uh, of society and all of that, right? And that's the result we are seeing right now. Now imagine and compare that with any other industry. Banking industry has been around for millennia, or not millennia, but centuries. Uh, automotive industry has been around for at least uh, you know a, a one century. Uh, oil and gas, same thing. So we are just at the infancy of this whole uh, you know AI revolution things are going to improve as people realize these problems and new ideas come about and say, because there are people uh, working on more positive AI algorithms, more balanced AI algorithms. It takes time, it takes, uh, uh, you know, iterations, but it's not to say that 
this is leading to doom and gloom, but it's, it's, it's an evolution of all of this stuff. Um, so in 10 years, uh, hopefully we'll see platforms which are, uh, you know, giving you both sides of the story, or they can understand that, you know, somebody is biased on this side of the political spectrum. So they, they may need to know this side of the political spectrum or, or whatever the, the solutions are. My point is, we are very, very early in this whole game. So um, let's not throw the baby out you know, with the with the bathwater, and then just uh, the key is education and understanding how these things work. If we don't understand it, if it's a mystery, if we are scared of it, then it'll get get us. But if we understand it and and you know we know how to how to handle it, then it's it's just like any other technology. What are you seeing in the realm of uh, the use of AI in respect to copyright and intellectual property? There's been a lot of discussion, and I know just recently the um, writer's strike in the entertainment world is, is largely based on protection of intellectual property and copyright and such, and, and them not getting their share of royalties and revenues when shows and movies get released because they go out to this metasphere of, of streaming and availability and, you know, not everybody pays for consumption of the content. So mm -hmm. how, how do you create a revenue stream on something that's so universally available? See, the, uh, the fact of the matter is this, that whenever a technology uh, up-leveling happens, uh, we, we experience uh, some disturbance. And that's just the fact, right? Again, uh, I'm not going to um, speak in favor or against any of uh, the, the action that is happening, but I'll try to explain what is happening. So when the autom automobile was invented, we had the same problem with the horse cart industry. Where are the horses going to go? Where, how are we going to, you know, whoever is, uh, you know, fixing the horses, the hooves and all that, what are they going to do? And then, uh, you know, uh, same thing uh, when the radio was invented, you know, what, are, what is going to happen to the printing press? You know, um, when the, uh, so I can go on and on and on. When the internet was uh, in full force, there was a fear of Y2K, you know, a lot of people were scared when the year 2000 happened, there's not going to be any groceries left in the grocery store and whatnot. The, the, this is a repeated human pattern. Now, the thing is that the distribution has uh, distribution platforms have changed. The way that we create uh, art or um, music or uh, uh, you know video, it has changed. And now that means the new business models need to come in. New ways of thinking and 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 uh, extracting value needs to come in. Uh, we keep applying old paradigms to new. Uh, situations. That's why this clash happens uh, uh, with actors and writers. I believe they are underestimating their value in terms of their creativity, their human experience. Uh, I can write tons and tons of content with AI, but will that connect with somebody, some human? Will that create that emotional impact? When I watch an emotional movie, I, I mean, Movies can make us cry. Movies can make us yell, and you know it can create a huge emotional response. That is the that is the essence of a, a really well done movie, right? But if we leave it to AI, we already said AI is not able to understand human emotions. I 
I mean, I don't know whether it will be a, an amazing movie. That being said, also you have to recognize that AI is just another medium to create content. Just like, you know, when we used to, um, uh, uh, when the when the uh, movies just came out, there there was no sound, silent movies, right? And we used to enjoy that. Then sound came in and now we had more immersive experience. And then somebody thought, hey, uh, why should I use actors? I'll just start drawing cartoons on, on, on paper. And then, you know, all of a sudden, uh, uh, you know, animated movies became uh, a craze. So that was another medium. And then somebody said, okay, let's mix animated and real characters together. And that, that became another way of expressing. So the idea is that you can see these things happen in creative fields all the time. New equipment, new technologies come out. So rather than being afraid of AI, we really need to think about, okay, this is just another way to create uh, content and share my emotional experience that I had in my life with the world. Yeah. Well, I, I happen to be with you. I, I know I'm probably showing up today as a bit of a naysayer throwing out these things, but I, but I, I wanted to do that because the, I think the spirit of what I'm trying to do here with this show is, is give a, a well-rounded discussion about these things that I think are critical and are valuable. I, I, this might be a good place to, to uh, reveal or admit if people haven't figured it out yet. I've been using AI for my show production for several months now. There are some apps that are available to us podcasters that can take the recording of the audio and transcribe it, distill it, summarize it, categorize it, prioritize it, and create the show notes that used to take hours to produce uh, manually and now it can be done in a matter of like 10 minutes and exactly, exactly. for the for the sake of I, I'm not necessarily when I when I publish an episode for instance and I, I put the show notes online I'm not necessarily trying to generate that emotional response there but I am trying to inform enough that somebody says oh I'm curious about that I, I can that's something I, I want to know more about. So then they dive in, they click on or they download and, and yeah, they go yeah. from there. So um, for me as a, as a business owner, why would I pay someone or invest hours of time per episode when I can get an app to produce those results for me in a matter of minutes? Exactly. And, exactly. and you know, they work well. And in fact, to be very honest, I've gotten more positive feedback on on the packaging that I'm doing since I implemented these AI solutions than I did when it was being done the old-fashioned way, you know, exactly. with with, uh -huh. with total human intervention. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, so uh, it's it's it, it's very similar as you just said that you know if it, if it can do a job in ten minutes, it's very similar to saying, you know, I have to go get groceries. Uh, it's a it's a half an hour walk to the grocery store. I can walk or I can use a car. That's, that's a tool that I, that helps me get things done faster. <laughs> you mentioned grocery store since COVID. My <laughs> wife and I now, we, we have become avid users of the, uh, the <laughs> yeah. online shopping. And, there and you just go. Well, I, it, it's, just the, it's just the same thing, but in reverse, like, you know, somebody's <laughs> still driving the car. 
Right, right. Yeah. Well, we, uh, you know, we drive to the store to pick it up, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we haven't walked through the store yeah, 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 filling yeah. a shopping cart yeah, in yeah, yeah. three years, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so talk about time saving and for exactly. us anyway, you know, obviously it's somebody else's time to yeah, yeah. make that trek through the, the shelves. But, um, uh, well, I think this has really been helpful. What what else, Manoush, have we left out that people should know about the evolution of AI? Well, I, I, I have shared the opportunity, how big the opportunity is. The, the consequences are also, uh, you know, quite big. As I said, if you don't use AI, um, you know, businesses will become less competitive. Uh, again, um, this is a quote from Peter Diamandis. Uh, he's a, a founder of XPRIZE and a prominent entrepreneur. He said, uh, by the end of this decade, 2030, there's, there's going to be two types of businesses on this planet one who are using AI fully and one who are out of business. So the choice is, uh, is, is yours, which way you want to go. Fab fabulous. I mean, I guess for some it's not fabulous because, you know, I think about, again, I, I go back to my, my mention of my good friend who was mining and manufacturing. You know, I, I think for instance, uh, I've, I've got a lot of legacy in my career that has to do with real estate and home building and, mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think about that business, you know, what, what can a home builder really do with the whole AI thing? You, you, yeah. you will be surprised. You will be surprised because just starting from the survey of the land, the building of the, uh, the plan, uh, you know, where the sunlight is going to come from, where the wind, wind is blowing, uh, to you know, robots putting the uh, you know the 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 bricks uh, together, the walls together. Again, wh whatever I share, uh, you know, it can be politicized. It can be saying it can be taken in a wrong way, saying you know what uh, what will happen to all the people who are involved in that industry. But the point is that they will find better, uh, more uh, fruitful, more creative jobs. But what? the world is today the way that we see it in mining and manufacturing we our my i run a consulting company we have developed systems for manufacturing companies where the computer can do uh, can see uh, widgets being uh, manufactured on assembly line and down to millimeters or nanometer accuracy figure out if there's a problem with that right at a high speed humans cannot do that there is just not no way to do that. So a lot of these things are being automated, and 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 we see the results of that um, uh, once we you know get into these uh, uh, these companies. That being said, there's a lot of uh, work to be done to to fully uh, start utilizing uh, the power of these technologies. Staying in the manufacturing world, I, I've done some work with companies, for instance, uh, one of the big box makers, you know, because of Amazon and others. I mean, uh, good old fashioned corrugated cardboard is a hot commodity, right? It's yeah, yeah. there's uh, we need that packaging to make those deliveries in in the current state of affairs. So the uh, but the box manufacturing process is still well, it's heavy machine oriented, but the machines need human intervention to keep them running at optimal rates. So my question is, have we gotten to where there are machines to fix the machines? Um, definitely that will, that is already happening as well because 
um how can i uh, try to i'll i'll try to uh, suggest okay so so let's take an example of spacex rocket right and we saw when spacex uh, initial uh, launches happened they blew up but there were sensors in every part of that machine which were sending data back to earth to other machines and then they analyzed the data and they said oh okay you know this is this was the problem so next time we launch let's uh, make sure that doesn't happen so there's a simple example of machines fixing machines and this is happening again everywhere like uh, today all the cars are being manufactured by uh, robotics uh, you know so that's that's the world where we are going it's not there yet fully but uh, people who understand uh, these technologies who have deep pockets to deploy uh, these smart machines it's happening at a, at a larger scale very soon it will start to happen in our daily lives as well so it is a matter of again i'm using my box making analogy so they've got these giant multi-million dollar machines that are taking in uh, raw material heating them shaping them gluing them pressing them cutting them stamping them inking them and all of that is in the classic conveyor format um and when you think conveyor belt you've got belts and pulleys and wheels and you've got power to move that machinery and when a machine breaks or goes offline one of those belts comes undone there's a certain amount of analytics that has to be done to determine where the break is and then ultimately what caused the break was it simple wear and tear or was it a malfunction of a of another nature and so forth so my question about machines fixing machines, that's where some of that human intuition comes in. And I've worked with engineers and electricians that are responsible for keeping those machines optimized. And there is a notion of optimum throughput. You can run them fast, but you can't run them too fast. You know, you, yes. you there's a there's a delicate exactly. break point there. Yeah, absolutely. It is a machine. Absolutely, absolutely. And see, the thing is, uh, the interesting thing is, those engineers with decades of experience, their experience is not going to go uh, become invaluable, right? That That is still a very, very valuable thing, but now it can be supplemented with machines, meaning um, the machine can inform them a week in advance that the belt is going to go loose in the next week. Rather than reactive, they can be proactive. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, there, there's obviously in those kind of industries and situations, there's obviously programs where they are doing that already. Kind of, again, I'll, I'll use the word old, the old fashioned way. They're yeah. keeping a clock. They know from experience that a belt only lasts for so many hours online. <clears throat> and let's say it's a thousand hours. Well, when you get up to 900, you, you take the machine down intentionally and replace the belt or tighten or adjust or whatever exactly. so that you are proactively administering and, and, and not waiting for the break to happen. Exactly. So there, there are those elements there too. Well, well, I'll tell you what, Manoush, this has been great. I, I really appreciate you sitting in and breaking this down for us. And I, I really want to encourage everybody if, uh, Wherever you sit in the view of the coming or the use of AI, there's 
I guess my point of encouragement is there's education to be had. You you probably need to explore, find a resource that is uh, credible and can give you good information like Manoj has shared with us here. But speaking of that, Manoj, if people are interested in reaching out to you directly, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, just Google my name, uh, find the first link that shows up. Most likely it's going to be either my website, manujagarwal.com or uh, my LinkedIn profile. Uh, reach out to me on any of these and let me know what uh, what kind of work are you doing with AI. Okay, well, that's great. Well, one last time, thank you for sitting in. I really appreciate your insight and your inspiration on this stuff. And folks, uh, everything that uh, you need to find a link and, and get that information on Manoj and his companies, we'll put in the show notes. If you're listening on audio, just uh, drop down on the episode uh, uh, panel there. But you can also hop over to YouTube, our channel by the same name, Leadership Powered by Common Sense. We'll have those links in those show notes as well. So for now, we're going to sign off, say goodbye, and wish you the best. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.